Listener Production. They're cleaning spills and splitting bills. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Matt, are you educated sexually? Do you know, I actually had those two books, Where Did I Come From and me What's Happening too. to Me. Well, actually, yep. I didn't have the book, but I remember Dad putting on the video of Where Did I Come From. And oh. um, well, it was, you know, it covered everything, but um, I'm not sure it was extremely accurate when where a little rubber ducky was in the bath looking up at the naked people. Yeah. And then when they did the deed, they likened it to getting very tired, jumping a skipping rope over and over and over again, <laughs> which I'm not sure how you do it. I mean, we talked about the sex swing yesterday. Maybe that's what they were on about, but I don't the do sex it. rope. There are no ropes. <laughs> no ropes near me. I only ask because uh, we do have a qualified sexologist coming on the show today. Her name is Chantelle Otten. She's written an incredible book, The Sex Ed You Never Had, and we're going to be chatting to her um, to, you know, figure out why it's why it's so needed. Thank <laughs> God. I've been waiting 35 years for a proper goddamn explanation about some of this stuff. I mean, because you, I've been to your house and you... You refuse to use your microwave, you know, your dishwasher, your internet without reading the manual. You know, you will before you plug it in and start, you know, playing around, you've got to make sure you know what you're doing here. It's a really important conversation to be having with someone who knows very much what they're talking about. So it's really exciting to have Chantel on the show talking all about the new book. Hey, but also, Alex Dyson, there's been a few uh, vacancies made at some of the more <laughs> prominent, loud... <laughs> media organisations that our our next podcast friend might be able to fill the boots on. A couple of issues of concern being covered today, one of which by our good friend Rant Dog, who's going to be joining us in a moment. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Thanks for your company. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, it is that time of the week where we talk to uh, All Day Breakfast's Resident shock jock rant dog. Um, you know, that- is rant dog going to put an extra ferocious <laughs> performance in today, knowing full well that uh, one Alan Jones left the <laughs> Sky News team left last week? Well, did he jump or was he pushed, Matt? <laughs> we we shan't know whether Alan um, left of his own. Or was accord. he just scared? I don't think it's a coincidence that Rant Dog starts entering the scene and uh, young Alan starts running scared for those hills. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, yes, uh, there is a vacancy in in, uh, a little certain news organisation, which he could be auditioning for today um, because we do like to get the issue of you know, everyday Australians, and that is you. So please send us a voice memo with something that is uh, irking you at the moment and Rant Dog will try to solve it via decibels. Uh, This week, we have a message from Ash. Hey, guys. Got one for Rat Dog. Ah, Rant Dog. Is there anything worse than when you're stuck in traffic because there's an accident on the freeway and you finally get past at a crawl, that scene of the accident? It turns out you're at a crawl because all of the rubbernecking reprobates are all slowing down to look at an accident on the other side of the road. Like to hear your thoughts. Oh, no. Goodness me, Ash. Goodness me. We talked about Big Rubber the other day. Matter mm-hmm. kind when it comes to mm-hmm. why tyres can still get yeah. deflated in this day and age, yeah. which we all know was due to big rubber and their stranglehold 
on the industry. What we didn't touch on mm. was Big Rubber Neck, which is an industry of billions of people who seem to treat accidents, police stops, like they're the bloody Maya Christmas windows. <laughs> Going past for a little, little look-see in a people's time of need. I mean, you know, every new car in this country, I feel, sure, forget your alloy wheels, all right, forget your spoiler, should be sold with a neck brace, okay, so we can keep our faces forward. The horse racing industry, they've solved it with the horses. Pop the blinkers on, all right? We've got to stop people being distracted. We've bloody legislated seatbelts. Why can't we get the blinkers, all right? And I think this is the first step, okay? You've seen Clockwork Orange, right? I think oh, we yeah. need the head absolutely stationary, all right? And I think we need the wire keeping the eyes open to the front. We need people to concentrate on the road. And just by the way, why do we have billboards? Looked up at a billboard the other day, driving mm. along, designed to be looked at in traffic. You know what it was for? What was it for? Transport Accident Commission. Telling you to pay attention to the road. Hang on a second. <laughs> you want me to take my eyes off the road so that I don't have an accident? Are you absolutely <laughs> out of your goddamn minds? Are you out of your minds? <sighs> I think that's all there is to say about that, Matt. Um, but... Look, if you've got an issue you would like Rand Dog to solve, and please send a voice memo to mats.and.alex. And uh, who knows, maybe um, <clears throat> maybe old Sky News will be getting themselves a new star anchor. Who knows? Fingers crossed. <laughs> Matt and Alex. Everybody wants to be a pickle jar hero. Well, Alex Dyson, it's something that we all think about a lot mm. uh, and do sometimes. Not as much. And talk about not as much as we should. It is the world of all things sex, bodies and relationship and it's most recently been summed up in uh, an incredible book by award-winning psychosexologist Chantel Otten. Her book is called The Sex Ed You Never Had and it was out on the 28th of September. Please welcome Chantel. Hello. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining (laughs) us, Chantel, because Matt's absolutely correct. Growing up uh, in Australia, the best sex ed you had was Big Brother Up Late. So I'm very glad that The Sex Ed You Never Had is here. Uh, What about for yourself uh, growing up? Can you remember your first sex ed experience? Oh, I mean, my parents always spoke about sex, so it wasn't really oh. like I wasn't allowed to watch TV when I was growing up. So I don't, I don't even know what happened in the OC. I had to go to bed at nine PM in, <laughs> when I was in high school, so I don't know. Um, and I, I guess, like, I don't know. I think I just learned through pornography, to be honest. Whoa, so that yeah. made me like really performative in my early years, and that's probably how most. Most people kind of learnt that I know. Well, we've had some discussions, I think even on this show, about the sort of harmful nature of some pornography as well, especially in formative years like that. Do you look back on those early years and feel like you were influenced to be someone that you weren't? Um, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> the funniest thing is I was so curious about it. Like I don't think I took it very 
like literally, mm. I don't think that I was like, I need to be like that because it just seemed so far out of reach. And like keeping in mind, I was a teenager. <laughs> so like sure. I could like see myself in these people, but I guess like it probably did make me a little bit more sexually charged. And I definitely think it influenced the way that I, uh, I don't know, like the way that I looked at sex and I guess the role as a woman in sex and the difference between like a penis owner and a vulva owner. And I don't know, like the way that your body's meant to look. So I guess so, but I also think I was just researching so much at that time. I was already really interested. And I remember my parents saying to me, they like found my search for pornography. <laughs> oh, no. And it was so bad because I didn't really understand what I was looking at, but I would just put in like, I'm not even going to say the words, like like really horrendous like tag words like that you have to look up. Oh, and it I wasn't think my, just like nice no, boobies or something. Absolutely really. not. No, it was really kinky, bad oh, wow. And it was like crazy, but they knew it wasn't my dad. Yeah, learning about um, sex through pornography is like getting ready to take your driver's test by watching The Fast and the Furious. Amen. <laughs> when did it switch then? When did you start um, realising that's not what sex is necessarily for everybody? It can be sometimes mm. harmful um, because it is, yeah. you know, performative. Um, when did that switch happen and what, what was the, you know, the catalyst for that? I guess probably just talking to my friends about their sexual experiences, experiencing my own. Like I was probably like mid-teen years anyways when I um, started practicing. And um, I guess I just realized like it's it's a lot different. You know, it's messy. It's sweaty. There's different fluids. You make weird noises. You're with another person. You've got two humans here with you know, completely different backgrounds and emotions and you've just got to find your own way on how to do it. But I remember being like really confused when I had my first orgasm. I was like, what was that? Like, that was really great. Like, I want that again. <laughs> I was so scared. I was like really, really nervous. Mm. Yeah. Really? I, just, Why? You know, I, just, I was like, oh, what is that feeling? You know, <laughs> like it's like a weird thing. You don't How know did it happen? <laughs> so then you're becoming a, you know, a psychosexologist talking to people about this. You've, you've put a lot of the things you've learned over the years into the sex ed you've never had. What do you think mm. is some of the most crucial information or the, the, the biggest misconceptions when it comes to, uh, to sex? I think they're really basic. Like I think that you know, the foundation of what, like, what is sex is probably like the most, uh, I think that's the, the question that most people that I talk to actually struggle with when I ask them, what does sex mean to you? Like, tell me some words, some associations, some images that come to mind. They'll be like, uh, you know, like it's, you know, penis in vagina. And then, you, you know, you both come. And I was like, well, that doesn't actually work for, you know, a lot of people in the LGBTQIA plus community. There's a lot of people not having penis and vagina sex and those with erectile dysfunction or vaginismus or those with certain abilities. Like, you know, we, we have to expand our view of what sex is and we have to make it individualized to ourselves. We don't have to look from a Disney narrative of what happens in movies or pornography or like stories that are so typical. We have to just expand and make it our own. That's really interesting. Yeah, like how it's portrayed because I'm sure there'd be, you know, not just in um, pornography but in, you know, feature films and cinema that and that kind of thing over the years it would be sort of getting a little bit better. Is there anything that you think is a, an incredibly good or comically bad sex scene in a, in a piece of media? Oh, God. You know what? Like I 
I think like when the TV's on, I'm just like on my phone and just like doing other things. <laughs> my attention span is not that great. But I was talking about this topic with Clementine Ford the other day and she said she was watching um, You, which is about the guy who's like a, like a stalker, serial killer kind of guy and he he's dating, um, you know, someone who's also kind of similar to him and, and they're having sex and she gets on top and then she starts touching herself, so stimulating herself during penetrative sex. And I was like, that's a really good example of real-life sex. You know, you need to touch yourself, like, to to heal yourself, to love yourself, to climax as well. And I think if we can have more examples like that where we do say, hey, it's like completely normal to have a clitoral orgasm and not to come through penetration for vulva owners. And that's really great. But, you know, of course, I would love to see a lot more. I would love to see more, you know, gay sex. I'd love to see more queer. I would love to see more um, interabled relationships or disabled sex. You know, I think that that's all like missing. So I'm, I'm curious to see how the next few years goes in this space. Absolutely. And the reason books like The Sex Ed You Never Had is unnecessary is because there is still that taboo nature when talking about um, sex. Have you found when you've been in conversations potentially with older generations or people who are on, on the uh, more conservative side sexually that you find yourself in some awkward situations, you know, Christmas, mm. dinner parties? <laughs> what, 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 how do people react when you mention, you know, your, your background in psychosexology? I think, you know, there's a lot of people who are really open, but, you know, I definitely know, like, even my dad's like, you know, he's not that that open. Like, I think he loves that I'm having a great time and that I found success and passion in my work. So, yeah, but I, you know what? Like, there are a lot of people that I'm surrounded by that are really open and, you know, my partner's family, I can talk to them about anything to do with my work and they're really open. So, I, for anyone who's not open, that's okay. That's their prerogative. I'm not here to force, you know, sex positivity on anyone. I just, or, or a conversation on anyone. I, I just, you know, ask for like a non-judgment kind of approach to me as a specialist and recognize that it is, you know, helping a lot of people. Well, Chantel, thank you so much for joining us. Your book, uh, The Sex Ed You Never Had, is out now. And is there an age range for this sort of book? I would think like you can start learning from your early teenage years uh, from this book because you learn a lot about your body. Well, if you've got a, a teenager that you want to kind of... <laughs> Be supportive of and their, of their exploration of, then uh, please give them a copy of this book, especially heading into Christmas. It'll become a story later in life where, you, you know, you, you open up the Christmas present and your parents are looking at you like, uh -huh. There you go. Looking forward to that. <laughs> Chantel Odden, thank you so much for joining us on All Day Breakfast and we'll catch you soon. Thank you. Oh, Matt, I, um, I'm locked in a bit of a battle at the moment. <laughs> bit of oh. a tete-a-tete, uh, -tete, mano a mano, which is um, actually, it's probably quite a healthy one, but um, it's getting more serious than I anticipated because I, um, I gave my father, Ian, my old phone, right? Okay. Um, I hope you deleted all of those nudes. <laughs> no, never taken a nude. Proud of it. I'm not never nude. I, you know, I wear the cutoffs and or whatever. Anyway, um, so he's got on there, and he's got he's got no apps. He's got nothing. He doesn't have internet. He's got ten gigabytes a year on his plan, so he doesn't use any internet data. So 
So he doesn't really use it that much, but I made the mistake of showing him the app. This is an iPhone. I mean, hashtag not sponsored, but um, they've got a little health section, one of which is a pedometer, which tells you how many steps you use. Oh, no. Are you in a step off with Ian? I'm in a step, I'm in a step off. Like the movie Step Up 2 is probably about that because not only does he count his steps, he counts the flights of steps that you go up. And I get regular updates as to how he's gone compared to where I am. I feel like he'd absolutely rinse you. He, he might, does. I feel like he's walking all day, every day. He does. It's about 16K a day, but in the morning. Not to mention how much he's chasing those horses off the beach. Exactly. Every he, morning. He, the, a gallop counts as an extra extra one when he's um, running next to the, the horses to get rid of them. The Brumbies. Like, you get wake up in the morning, he's like, I've already done 3,000 steps today. What about yourself? What? Little did he know, old Daiso back from the pub after midnight, walking home, 3,500. <laughs> Cop that, <laughs> Daddy Dyson. He was very, very yes. upset with that one. Oh, Dyson, <laughs> you're doing it for all of us, mate. You're the true champion. Exactly. Walking back from the street. Just a modern-day Jane Saval. Just, yep, just that's charging it. home. We had my sister around for dinner the other night with her partner, and he goes, well, we better check. Jane Saville, by the way, Jane Saville. Yeah, Australian walker, disqualified, walking to the stadium. Heartbreaking. City 2000. Um... He goes, all right, I better check, better check the scores now so I don't embarrass you in front of other people. <laughs> Pulls out his pedometer. He's like, what have you done? I'm like, oh, six. He's like, ooh, no, 18,000 for me. I'm like, what? oh, my God. Where's he walking? He walks how everywhere. Many times did he, how many times did he go to the library? He goes twice a day. Then he goes for just a walk. And he, then he'll go down to the shops. So he, the, the man racks them up. So I'm in, I'm in this constant battle. With, with dad when it comes to uh, that. So I was wondering, you know, we put the call out, what sort of silly little competitions are you in? Um, and a few people got in touch. I like this uh, one from Christopher who messaged us. The first to say, I see the sea. Driving to a coastal location equals all that smugness. So... <laughs> Oh, that would be good. You can imagine the arguments as well. No, no, no. That's no. That's just sky. That's not. That's not the yeah, sea. Yeah. That's you didn't see the sea. I saw the sea first. <laughs> <laughs> so that's thank you for that, Christopher. We also got Harry from Melbourne. Good day, Harry. Hey, boys. How are we? Yeah, good. Thanks, Harry. Now uh, you've got a little competition. So each year at Christmas time, um, I head back to Wagga Wagga, and you know. Yeah, how you have the bonbons um, for lunchtime and there's yep. all those little toys and stuff in there and there's always a measuring tape in one of them. Yep. So every year we measure each other's heads. Every year. <laughs> do, <laughs> they, without a they, doubt, do they every change? Year. You know what? They actually change each year. And like, really? So obviously we have like my mum, my dad, my brother and my cousin. So like, you know, they're just like the stock ten every year. But sometimes we have a few ringings, like the long lost cousins that come. And like, there's probably three people that are always in the top three. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it's always neck and neck, neck and neck each year. So like, I, I'm not one of them. It's my brother, my dad and my uncle that only comes every second year. Wait, so who so wins? Is, is there a well, winner in this competition? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Is so science who, and data the winner? No, so whoever has the biggest head, and that's like circumference from forehead around to the back. <laughs> so when my uncle comes down every second year, we're like, oh, dude, he's, he's got it this year. He's got it this year. 
Yeah, you know, it's mo- most families just have like the measurement on the wall. Yeah, uh, true. For how tall frame. you've gotten, but I love that you guys are just flipping the switch. Nah, yeah, it's the heads. It's the heads. <laughs> how big is your head? I want to know how big a champion head is. Oh well, my old man's head's like I think I think it's like sixty-eight. Whether that's in inches or centimeters, I don't know if it's these are metric numbers. I'm pretty sure it's centimeters. Mm-hmm. Mine's around sixty-five, but my old man's will go anywhere from sixty-eight. It's been to seventy-two. He won with the seventy-two one year. Well, is this just like a form? A measuring error, or do, do heads grow? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I think I think we just learned here: never build a house with a bonbon measuring tape. Okay, <laughs> no, D- don't never. do it. No, never. <laughs> it's going to be the most lopsided <laughs> um, building ever. Wow. Okay. I, I think we can have a have a quick spontaneous one. Uh, producer Bron and I in the same studio. I am wearing a hat. Bron, put on this hat and here see if it's too big for you. Oh. Here you go. Passing it over. <clears throat> so he gets the biggest head in the studio. Is it snug on your head? Oh, it looks very big on oh, Bron's no, head. Bron, that's... I think, I think I've got a bigger head there. Alex, you'll have to come to our Christmas and we'll have to measure your head. <laughs> Mate, I am there. I am You've just passed qualifying, there. Daiso, for the big for the Aussie champs in Wagga. That's Love it. it. Oh, well, thank you so much for that one, Chris. We'll catch you later. Thanks, boys. I love wine and everything about it. What are you into wine? I love wine. All right, Alex Sarsen, hit me with your meme accounts. <laughs> the meme accounts that I Which follow. Which ones are you on? What are you on? Um, well, rat dog memes, number one, numero oh, yeah, uno. I mean, it has been less active recently did, since we did the Australia's foremost meme talent quest, so you think you can dank. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Look, it's still you go back through. I mean, you, the, the memes hold up very, very well. They really, they. It's all about the group chat, isn't it? When the memes fly around the group chat, and uh, there's nothing worse than when your group chat sends you a private meme account that you've got to sign. Oh, like you've got really? To, who, yeah, who? you know what I mean. Bron's not in the head. She knows what I'm talking about. Who are these private meme clubs who have the I little rope understand. across the thing? I mean, I, I got. I got refused from enough nightclubs in my time with the wrong <laughs> shoes on or wearing tracky pants or whatever. I don't want to be bloody knocked back from these meme <laughs> clubs. I refuse to pay a cover charge for a club and I refuse to join a private meme group. Meme groups should be open to all. It's so you have to follow. I've just realised now. So you have to follow because if you didn't have to follow... You could just be a casual. Yeah, you could just lurk. You could lurk at the memes. <laughs> Barry's Banderbus is one. Um, <laughs> I really don't follow that many. I do follow one, which I'm pretty sure is a dude from Melbourne who does it. It's called Billy Mumphrey's Downfall, which is a really <laughs> obscure Seinfeld reference. <laughs> so I follow at Billy Mumphrey's Downfall. I love um, how specific they get. Bell, Bell follows one that's Grand Designs No Context. Oh, I that's think great it is. on Twitter. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. real good. And it's just big pictures like- of Kevin McLeod <laughs> saying things completely out of context. I mean, I, I every now and because I watch enough Grand Designs, I, it's enough, like I want to submit out of context memes <laughs> for that account. You know, it's a thankless job, but someone's going to do it really, don't they? So I Am 30 AF is one that um, has he's got quite a big following. I'm 30 AF. Yeah, 1.4 million followers. And I first came across I Am 30 AF um, when they posted one of my tweets, right? Because I've got a couple uh, of tweets. I Am 30 AF. AF, yeah. I've got a couple of tweets out there in the, um, in the universe that do the rounds constantly. 
do the rounds. Remember when that the, radio uh, station stole your sushi train one and passed it off as their own? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember that. And then I saw them at the gig up in Sunshine Coast. Oh. They were laughing about it. I'm like, what? It's not funny. That's my, well, intellectual is the wrong word, but it's your property. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I am 30 AF. We've got a little bit of a, you know, a relationship going now because I posted my memes before. Yeah. Um, you know, I slide into the DM. They've listened to this, uh, this podcast oh, a bit. shout you know, out. As well. Where are they from? So what, what? big shout out. Uh, I believe they're from the UK because right. I was talking about how differences in COVID and stuff. Anyways, uh, and they were just talking about, yeah, we're just living with it. No, I think US. Anyways, anyways, look, the point is. <laughs> it's got a U in it. I am Uruguay. 30 AF posted about sort of weird little, funny little things about the English language. Okay. How difficult things are when um, you... Wouldn't if you didn't know English as a first language, mm. how confusing some of the stuff would be. I remember in school one time, the teacher asked, "How do you spell fish in English?" And we're like, "I don't know, F I S H." Like, no, G H O T I, Gotti. Because what? Because the, the G H from enough, enough. Oh fish, yeah. The <laughs> I from women. Women, <laughs> the O, and the um, T-I from, you know, congratulations, sh, the sh from <laughs> motion, gotti, fish. There's English. There's English for you, baby. Well, this is what <laughs> sort of that post, that was basically what the post was, right? And in yeah. the caption they wrote, blows my mind that buffalo, 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 is a grammatically correct sentence. Wait. Right? And I was like... Wait, how many buffaloes? Eight in a row. So you say eight buffaloes in a row and that's and that a is grammatically a full sentence. correct full sentence. Yeah, and I was like, that, that that's not right. And then yeah. I Googled it, buffalo, 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 buffalo. <laughs> and fair enough, that is a sentence that actually makes... Okay. Sense for my and is grammatically correct if okay, two of the three of the buffaloes, the first, the third, and the seventh have to have capital B's. Okay. Okay, for the And then you're good. The city in America. Exactly. So okay. this is what it is. All right. <laughs> Buffalo is a place. Yep. All right. <laughs> Buffalo is an animal. Yes. And buffalo is a verb which is a very uncommonly used way to use the word that means to bully, harass, or intimidate, or to baffle, okay? Okay. So I'm going to break it down. This is what it means. Let's imagine that one of the buffalo, let's imagine the place is instead Brisbane. Okay. Okay. The buffalo will remain the animals. Yep. And the buffalo <laughs> to, to, to annoy. baffle. Or yeah. to confuse, yeah, we'll is, be called is, I'm going to say from now on. I'm going to say confuse, okay, okay, as a verb, and so this is what it is. <laughs> so it's like saying Brisbane buffalo. No, I've already gotten it wrong. Hold <laughs> up, okay. Wait. <laughs> oh, it's anyway. quite buffalo. You're right. <laughs> Brisbane buffalo, Brisbane buffalo, confuse, confuse Brisbane buffalo. 
Oh, so that it's makes saying, it worse. So, it's, so you're saying that the Brisbane Buffalo, mm-hmm. that Brisbane Buffalo confuse, right? Brisbane Buffalo. What, why can't you put that in there? Brisbane Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo, 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 that Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. <laughs> Is that because you don't need to? It doesn't have to be in there to be grammatically correct. Ah, all right. So what it's saying is Brisbane Buffalo, Brisbane Buffalo, Buffalo, no, Brisbane Buffalo, Brisbane Buffalo, confused, confused, Brisbane Buffalo. There you go. But Here's- that you've just changed two of the words, and it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't think it's a very common sentence in general life. Like, I dare say no one's probably said it with meaning before. <laughs> it's just it's just a point. Give me the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog any day. That's my favourite English sentence. I do like that too. But look, anyway, we've got a mind blown coming up one of these days pretty soon. So maybe give us your favourite English Facts yeah. or language facts, any mm. language facts at all. It doesn't matter if it's English. Maybe you speak a, a different language and there's like a weird quirk in that language that does not make sense anywhere else. Please get in touch at matt.and.alex. All day breakfast. Mm, drippy. Thank you for listening to Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast today. We always appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to get in your linguistic trickery to us at matt.n.alex. I'd love to hear it. And uh, we'll be seeing you again tomorrow for another ep. Should be good. Catch you then. Bye-bye. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.n.alex. Listener.